Welcome to the Pastor's Cut. This week, we are joined by Near South Lead Pastor, Kenson Lamb. Yeah, and we get to talk with him about Romans 12, verses 3 through 8, and how to learn what your spiritual gift is. Great. Let's get started. I'm Hillary Murphy. And I'm Trevor Lovell. And this is the Pastor's Cut with Kenson Lamb. Hello, Kenson. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Pastor's Cut. Great to be with you all. And Kenson, what is your favorite Chicago neighborhood to explore other than the one you live in? Because <laughs> we all know that's your favorite. <laughs> that, that is a hard question. I really do love the neighborhood uh, that I live in. Um, but actually, a neighborhood that I love to explore is actually right around uh, the Lincoln Park, Wicker Park, Bucktown area. And the reason for that is that there's always just all these like new restaurants, you know, hip bakeries, coffee shops, and, and I, I love stuff like that. So um, love to walk down those blocks and kind of just see what's, what's kind of coming up and just trying all these creative little things to eat. Yeah, that's a good one. There's good stuff in there. Trevor, what about you? Uh, yeah, I think, I think actually I would say Bridgeport, um, yeah. So props to you, Kenson. <laughs> we had the, we had the one time where our staff, we all went down there for the whole church and you guys kind of like showed us the neighborhood and I got to get coffee from Bridgeport coffee, which was so good. And, uh, yeah, I was like this, I, yeah, I like this place. And so that was, yeah, I enjoyed that. And I stopped back in for coffee there when I was pat, like I got off the highway specifically to get coffee there, Did you really? Oh. Yeah, which is kind of out of the way, but, <laughs> but it was worth it. All right, I'm going I'm to set a rule right now. None of you are ever allowed to go to Bridgeport without telling me first. Okay, <laughs> it's it's you know it's it's the Joe Riccardi in me. I got I got to be the host <laughs> the most. Yeah. Show you guys around. Tell you what's good. All right, so so that's yeah. the rule. Yeah, I love so, that. <laughs> that's good. That's good. What about you, Hillary? I love exploring Pilsen. It's one of the first neighborhoods I found in the city. Just I have a lot of friends that live there, so I started hanging out there. And I think Harrison Park is a beautiful park and there's always lots of families and children playing there. Really cool street art. And of course, the best tacos in the city. Raymond's Tacos too, specifically. (laughs) Uh, All right. All right. So Trevor, you said Bridgeport, Hillary, you said Pilsen. Did you know that both those neighborhoods are within like my circle of ministry? Okay. Mm -hmm. Just, just to let, just to let you guys know. Okay. (laughs) Yes. There might be something beautiful happening here between all of us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll stop there. I'll stop there. All right. Thank you, Kenson. Yeah. So, Kenson, you uh, you preached on Romans chapter twelve, verses three to eight. You were at uh, Rogers Park. You were Bridgeport, South Loop. You were kind of, you several different locations this past weekend. Could you uh, could you give us a quick recap of your sermon? Yeah, I, I would be I would be glad to. So, um, the title of my sermon and kind of the big idea is is that transformation is a community uh, project. So uh, last week, two beautiful verses in verses one and two about this idea of considering the mercies of God, renewing your mind, becoming a living sacrifice. So those verses were were kind of like this transition of like all this great gospel content in the first 11 chapters to now the so what. And the big so what is, is transformation. Um, and as I was studying these verses, I believe that verses three through eight continues on that topic of transformation, but now it talks about how we need one another uh, for that transformation. So, I, I had three points to my message. Um, like basically, it, if you if this idea of transformation being a community project, there's an 
there's an interdependency that we read actually in our verses. And like verse five, it says, so we, though many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Like, you know, I really want to hit hard about this idea that, that we need each other for, for this work. Um, you know, it kind of, kind of like um, this idea that, that, you know, so often that we think that we can live our Christian life like in isolation, especially in this time of pandemic, like it's, it's been really rampant, just like kind of this fierce individualism, you know, because we can really do things any way we want. We can hide, we can turn off the Zoom screen and not really be there, but yet be there at the same time. So it, it's, it's something that, that's created quite a bit of like distance between us and the church body. And sometimes I think we can forget that, that even though technology has been great, it, it's not ideal. It's, it's, not, it's not what's best for, for, true, for true community. You know, and I started off the sermon just by sharing, like, even when I think about my own life, you know, the most significant transformative moments of my life have always been with other people. Like, God has used other people for that. Like, when I came to know Christ, there was a bunch of believers along the way who connected the spiritual dots, you know, and I didn't know how to read the Bible. It was a group of men who helped me to love God's Word. And, you know, even when I suffered the loss of a child through miscarriage, it, it was another parent who suffered a loss, shared their grief, you know, their, their sorrow and their faith in God that gave me so much hope, you know, you know, outside of, outside of my, my, my wife and my family, you know, really my church has been the greatest blessing in my life that God has used it to transform me even more so than seminary. And I love seminary. I'm not, I'm not dissing it at all. I love my time at Moody, but man, like God has used the church to really shape and form me. So in my message, I hit really hard this idea that the church is not a spectator sport, you know, like so often, like we, we come to Sundays when we could come to Sundays, you know, in person, or we would go to small group. And all of a sudden, like you have this temptation just to power down, like, you know, like a computer, just power down. But when you go to work, when you go to school, when you have activities with your kids, like it's all in with all your effort and commitment, you know, but really what should be happening is that when you come to the church body, you know, you should be actually gearing, gearing up that you shouldn't be a spectator, but you should be training for godliness. You should be putting on the armor of God. You should be saying stuff like, yeah, I'm going to church. I'm going to go to small group. And these are hard people, difficult people, hard conversations, but I'm going to serve because Jesus died for them. You know, I'm going to show up and I'm going to pray with them. I'm, I'm going to weep with them. I'm going to rejoice with them. And that's the kind of interdependency that God's calling us to. So that's kind of like the, the general heart of the message. You know, the three points again, like I, I first talked about, you know, in verse three, about how we need to have a clear view of ourselves. You know, we can't, we can't walk into community uh, with a ton of pride because if you walk in with a lot of self-righteous pride, you're going to push a lot of people away. You know, verses four and five, um, I talked about the point of having a clear view of the church. And it's really what I just talked about, about understanding what the church is, the interdependency that we, we are to have one another, what it means to be in harmony uh, with one another. Uh, and then finally, I just talked about having a clear view of spiritual gifts and understanding how that plays a role in building each other up towards Christ. So, yeah, so that's kind of like, uh, yeah, that's the message and kind of the heartbeat of it. That's good. That's good. That's really good. Um, I was thinking, I've been thinking about something this passage this week that a friend mentioned to me. Um, and just in connection with you talking about like the kind of the richness of your experience in the local church, how transformative that's been for you. Um, like God working in your life through other people, but also like God working through you in the lives of other people. And I'm like, I'm curious that that richness. So the passage I've been thinking about is Mark 10, 29 and 30, where Jesus talks about um, sacrifice, right? That, you know, those who have given up, um, 
you know, houses, land, mother, brother, sister, father, who've given up those things. Like there's a reward that comes in the next life, but also in this one. And it's just it like in connection with this, it's made me think that I wonder if in some cases like that richness is is really the that relational experience that we get in the church that there's a there's a, like an element of sacrifice that comes in getting there and like is that something that I guess what what, what would you say to that? Oh no, I, I would I would absolutely agree with you on that. You know, like I, obviously you know when when Jesus calls us as disciples, he tells us you know to 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 pick up our cross. You know, he, he tells us to uh, deny ourselves. You know, he tells us to. That if you're not that if you're not ready to to leave your parents and your family behind, you know you can't follow me. Like, so you hear all that, you're kind of like, uh, this doesn't sound like it's gonna be a, a, a lot of fun. But it's also, but it's also in, in scripture, like Jesus says that that you know, like like I'm that treasure in in the field. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, like he he like he's 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 also the one, right? That that we count the cost. Like we've we've considered all that we're giving up and we realize that Jesus is worth it. So yes. So I'm very much in, in, uh, in the area where, you know, if, if following Christ was nothing but duty and dreariness, it's, it, it, it's, not, it's not possible, but because we know what the gospel is and it is the good news, like, like everything that we do is an expression of just the love that we receive so that, you know, all these things that seem like sacrifice aren't, aren't sacrifice at all. You know, helping and loving each other, that, that's actually just a continuation of, of expressing what, what Christ has done in my life. You know, um, and hopefully later we'll have a chance to talk about spiritual gifts. But the reason we have spiritual gifts is because God has given us, you know, Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. And spiritual gifts are the way that the Spirit is manifested through our lives. Like that, that's, a, that's awesome. That, that's, that's incredible, you know, and we get to be able to do that. You know, so I believe like, yeah, in terms of serving others, like there's just an incredible joy in that. The only thing that is painful about that is that you're being weaned out of your self-dependency, your self-righteousness, you know, uh, your pride, like, like these things, like if you don't want to give these things up, it's going to be very painful, you know, to be in community. But once you learn to let that stuff go and deny yourself, now you're starting to experience what it means to walk in Christ, to, to be free in Christ. If the Son sets you free, you're free indeed, life to the full, right? The only thing that, that gets tripped up, the only, thing that, the only thing that pushes back against the grace of God is pride, right? So, so, so once we get through that, once we grow past that, and it's, it's going to be a lifelong thing, you know, but there's, there's just joy is on the other side. Joy, it's not dreariness, it's joy. When I love my brothers and sisters in Christ, when I deny myself for them, when I have that hard conversation, you know, I should go into it with incredible hope, not because I have trust in them, but it's because I have the hope of the cross. So I can go into these things. I can go into these hard situations and, I, and I'm okay. I'm okay, you know, because the cross is greater than all that, man. So, so hopefully just by my tone, you can just kind of hear the, the joy there is. Like, quite honestly, I couldn't do this job if there was no joy in it. I'm, I'm wired for joy. And ministry is just, it's just because of Christ, because of what he can do. Um, it just, it, it just, it gives me so much life, you know, to do that. So. Kenson, I love what you said about church, not being a spectator sport, but even during the season of COVID identifying that it's really easy for people to focus on the individual and really unengaged during this time. So are there certain strategies that you have found that have allowed you to fully participate in worship and in church during the season of online church? Yeah, you know that's you know this is obviously not unique to to Park, but but all of us 
all of us in ministry, all of us are ministry leaders. Um, you know, we're, we're wrestling hard with this because we're, we're in a season where uh, things that seem so assumed are no longer assumed. Like you always thought that you had your Sunday gathering. You always thought that you had the, you know, the, the open door, you know, for everyone to come and you just don't have that um, anymore. Um, so for me, like the, the way that I, I've gone about it is, is first off um, is to make sure that people know, like they have a chance to continue to hear and interact with one another. So, you know, so, you know, that's once again, the beauty of technology, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's created opportunities and spaces for people um, to come together. Uh, but even, even that's, but even though like that started off well the first couple of weeks, um, people are just zoomed out because they're zooming at home, they're zooming at work, they're zooming with their family, they're zooming, zooming everywhere. You know, and I, and I do praise God that in this phase four, that, that we're able to meet outdoors. And so we actually fostered a lot of that. We did a lot of prayer walks. And once again, right, technology is great, but it just doesn't replace the incarnational community. So we're at, so we've actually been doing a lot of that. Small groups have been meeting outdoors together, socially distanced. And, and we've, we've been able to have a chance to worship outdoors. So, we, so we've done a lot of things like that. Uh, again, I think our people just, just you know, like, like for, for example, like they, they, just, they just need, like even though we can't hug or high five each other, like I think just being the presence of other people, you know, just really creates a level of connection that just can't happen any, any other way. So right now, as we're kind of gearing up for the cold weather, you know, right now, like it's actually snowing in Chicago, which is, it's crazy. It, it's, it's not even November yet and it's snowing in, in Chicago. You know, we're, we're revisiting what, what that all looks like, but you know what, like right now, like we're planning for an indoor gathering. So we're, the reason we're pushing so hard in that is because we value kind of the, the body and the interdependency that, that we all have with each other. And we're always making sure that on our Facebook and YouTube that we're just sharing stories, devotionals, not just for me, but from all different faces across our church, just so that we all see like we are the body of Christ with one another. So uh, a very creative time, we, a time that we just all have to be agile. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. So what got cut this week? Oh, what got cut this week? Uh, a, a lot of stuff got cut this week. So I, I, I usually prep pretty pretty heavy on the front end, and then you can't cut what you don't have. So you know what I mean? So that, that's my uh, my thing. Actually, the, the biggest pieces that, that I, I've cut uh, for my message is actually around uh, spiritual gifts. Um, so there was a big part of that uh, in verses 6 through 8, which, you know, Paul just talks about if you have the gift of prophecy, if you have the gift of teaching, if you have the gift of generosity. And it was just a beautiful piece, but... Um, kind of with a big idea of the message, like it wasn't like the message. So I had, a, I cut a lot about spiritual gifts and there's a lot I wanted to talk about, you know, sp specifically more so about just, I wanted to spend time just talking about how can you discover your spiritual gifts? So I kind of just talked about it, said it's given by God. It's used, you know, God wants us to use it to build each other up in Christ. Uh, but I never talked about like how you discover it. Um, so that, so that was kind of a bummer that I didn't have a chance to, to share that. Now, is this the window where I can just share share that? Because that can be a whole yeah. other message in, in itself. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> so, so if I had the chance, you know, what I would have told people is that is that if you want to discover your spiritual gifts, it usually calls usually falls into three areas for you to consider. Um, and they're all A's. And I, actually, I didn't get this from myself. I got this from J.D. Greer from his church. Uh, but here are the three buckets. Ability, affinity, and affirmation. Ability, affinity, affirmation, that you need to look into each of these categories. And if you find 
and if and if you see like affirm like well the, the word affirmation I'm using the word affirmation but if you but if you see like positive things out of each of these categories you know mm-hmm. I think that can give you pretty strong confidence in regards to your spiritual gifts so so for example uh, affinity so affinity is just do you have a passion for this like does this get you excited is there a joy when you do this when when you're when you're administrating things creating spaces and events and organizing is there a joy that's coming from that as you're as you're serving those who are homeless or as you're as you're reaching out to the to those who are who are broken and poor like is there a joy that comes are you just drawn to that type of work so so a question there is is that what are you constantly feeling yourself drawn to do and to be a part of you know within the church and its ministry the other one is ability can you do it so it's it's really like so you can have affinity you can love what you you can love what you want to do but can you do it like like do you actually have the skill sets you know to do it like do, do you like are you able to to pick up or are you able like so great like uh once again like you, you love to you, lo- you love to create spaces and and events for people to connect you know but but you love seeing that happen but when it comes time to organizing it are you kind of like Oh no, like I, I can't do that. I'm not good with details. Like, well, okay, all right. Well, do you really have the ability, you know, with that affinity? Uh, maybe maybe not. And then the third one is is affirmation. Like, not only do you self-ordain yourself to say, I got this gift, but the reason we have the body of believers is because they're also there to let you know if you have that gift, you know? So uh, an example for myself that kind of ties into all of this is that. Many people don't know this, but actually, um, throughout high school and college, uh, I was a band leader. I, I was the worship leader. I was the guy who played guitar. I was a lead vocal. And I did that for, uh, yeah, for like seven, eight years. So I did, I did it for all the youth groups, the college group. You know, I occasionally did the retreats, conferences. Like, you know, I thought, you know, I thought I was the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, so, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I got a guitar that's been collecting dust for the last decade in the back here. And I'll explain why in a bit. So, mm-hmm. I'm doing all this. And, you know, I feel like, man, like, this is this is what I'm called to do. Like, getting up here, leading people in worship. This is exciting. So, when you finish college, the way it was in my old church is that you would then move to the big leagues, which is Sundays, right? Mm-hmm. So, what I started noticing is that as I'm sitting in the pews for Sundays, I'm noticing wait, that's, that's, that's my backup vocal. That, that's my pianist. That, that's, that's my bassist. Next thing you know, my entire worship team is playing on Sundays and there's only one guy who isn't up there with them. Me. <laughs> <laughs> so now I yet didn't connect the dots yet. So I go over to the worship director uh, and I just say to him, I was like, I was like, I was like, Hey man, like, you know, I was, and I was being super humble. I was like, Hey, you know what? Like, you know, if you ever want me to help out on Sundays, you know, if it's even just to just observe, like, yeah, just, just, just let me know. Like, you know, I'll be glad to help out in, in any way. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like I didn't want to start off by saying I'm going to lead right away. Like I'll come in and I'll, I'll help out. If you want me to be back up vocal, I can do that. And then my worship director, I can still remember exactly where I was standing. That moment is like thunder hitting me, lightning hitting me. Like he put his arm around me and he's like, Kenson, you have a lot of heart. And I was like, whoa, I was like, what just happened? And then like, I was like, did he just say that I stink? And then I went back to my, at that time, then girlfriend, who, who's now my wife, asked her what she thought, started asking some other fellow leaders. And I started to realize that I was not gifted in this. 
And I was like, I was like, why didn't anyone tell me the last like seven years? Like, well, why have you guys been torturing yourself in, in this way? And, and, and what I found so important in that moment is that is that that that, that moment of affirmation actually because I, I I had the affinity. Like, I actually liked what I was doing. Like, I really enjoyed doing that. And I thought that I had the ability. Now, granted, I really didn't have the ability. But even but even in that, like 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 there wasn't like a ton of fruit like you know like you, you can tell when when someone's gifted and when they when, and when they act within their gifting people are just like they're so encouraged by it and as i look back i'm like you know i don't think people were all that encouraged when when i when i when i was leading like you know what i mean like you just like you just could kind of tell like people were like oh that 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 that, that was good you know and then it was having the body of believers kind of just make it clear for me like kenson this isn't this isn't your best contribution to the church like stop torturing us but actually in god's kindness but in God's kindness, it was so important because right there was also the same season where I was considering going to Moody for ministry, you know. And actually, if that moment didn't happen, I would have gone in to Moody with my heart set on being like a worship pastor, like doing that kind of work. And if that happened, that would have been a train wreck. But in God's kindness, he brought that moment. So I had a chance to redirect and think like, you know what? Is my affinity really worship leading or is it something else? And actually, it started to bring clarity that my affinity isn't so much necessarily what excited me was the worship leading and, and the musical process. Because actually, that was very, very difficult for me. But the affinity was actually the broader principle of just shepherding people. And as I started to see like what I loved most about worship leading, it wasn't even so much the singing piece. It was the leading piece. It was actually the pieces in between where you would open up scripture and read and lead people through confession. And I started to realize that, wait, like I do, I do love ministry, but maybe it's, but maybe it's to be shown in a different way. So, you know, all, all that to say is that affinity, ability, and affirmation. And mm -hmm. as you're looking to discover your spiritual gifts, like I would say that, that make sure that each three of these are answered and they're answered in a positive way. And if so, you know what I mean? Like, I think you can have a pretty strong confidence that that this is your spiritual gift. And if I can just add one more thing to this as well, too, that this doesn't happen while you're sitting there doing nothing. This can only happen as you are serving. You know, like it, it's it's been said that uh, God steers moving ships. So if you've ever tried to move a sitting boat, they go nowhere. They just go in circles if you try to move it. It's when you start moving, God can start directing. So my my suggestion is, if you don't know what your gifts are, start serving. Start serving, start getting involved, and letting God use that. And this is also really important, too, is that, is that every spiritual gift that we have is also Christian duty. So even though you might not have that spiritual gift for whatever, like we're all called to do something because God's gifted us with something. So get serving, regardless if you're good at it or not. If there is need, like just serve. You know, it's more important to develop a pattern of service in your life than it is to find your spiritual gift. Like first Corinthians, right? This church was gifted like, like crazy. Like that, that that's where we have like uh, the, our longest list, list of spiritual gifts in like first Corinthians chapter 12. But then if you, but then if you recall the very next chapter talks about love, like if you have not loved, what's the point of any of this? Right? So, so start yeah. serving, you know, and, and as you start serving, you know, you're going to be contributing to the body. You're going to be ministering to needs. And it's as you are doing that, God will bring clarity you know, to how he's gifted you. So that's, yeah. So that I, I cut all that out. Now, obviously you can see why I couldn't 
talk on that because that would be a whole nother sermon. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am, I am curious though. Um, <clears throat> how did it, cause it's like the journey for, for any pastor who's like in a, they're preaching regularly is like that, the affirmation of that. And you like, I mean, you used to be one of our teaching pastors um, in the central region. Now you're a location pastor, but you still preach regularly um, all the time and are kind of recognized as like one of the strongest preachers on, was just on staff at, at park. Um, so how did that come about for you? The kind of the affirmation of that gifting for you sp- specifically? Yeah. You know um, that, so it's one of those things where like, I, I never even thought about that. Again, quite honestly, like there's even parts of me now that's kind of like, like, ah, uh, like I hear you say, I Trev, and I'm kind of like, eh, yeah. Like, I don't, I like, like, like I hear you preach. I hear Jason. Like, I'm like, like, man, like Rafe. I'm like, man, these, these guys are good. Like, you know, I'm like, uh, so, uh, okay. Um, you know, I think a big part of it was actually with Jackson Crum, our lead pastor. Like he, he was the one that actually really pressed it on me. Like, like he, like he says, like, man, like you have something here. And if, if you've ever spent any time with Jackson, like he has just a great way of just inspiring you. And, you know, and he's not going to just make stuff up. So when he said that, like, I had to take it seriously. But there's a part of me that's kind of like, really? He's like, he's like I, I, think, I think you have something here that you need to really develop, like a gifting here. And I, and I was kind of just saying, like, and I even said, I remember even saying to him one time, I was like, well, Jackson, you know, the only reason why, like, I, I overprepare like crazy. So when some people are just doing, like, 15 hours, 20 hours per message, which is normally a more, a more normal range, you know, I'm probably clocking in, like, 30, 40 hours, just because like, that's just how God's wired me. I'm, I'm heavy on preparation. I feel like that's probably one of the best ways that I can love people before even meeting them is, is by preparing really well. And, and he said, and he just said to me, he's like, Kenson, you know, even with folks preparing that long, you know, doesn't mean that they're going to give a good message. You know what I mean? And, and I, and he just really hammered it home. And when I stepped into the teaching role, like just having a chance to kind of hear just so, so much affirmation from just fellow peers like you, Trev, and other folks and people in the congregation, like, it's, it's, it's still something that I'm not really, like, I feel like, yeah, like, I'm glad I can do it, but, you know, just, like, I guess, yeah, I guess I still wrestle with it just because I guess when I think about preacher or teacher, I'm just like, wow, like, some of the folks I see, like, when I hear on the radio or whatever, I'm like, man, those, like, those guys are the preacher's teachers, but, yeah, so it's been kind of a journey for me, so as you can see, I'm still kind of wrestling through that. I, I, I receive it, though. I receive the affirmation. I'm, I'm blessed that God is is using it. And quite honestly, too, like when I look back kind of even before I became a Christ follower, uh, I remember like, giving presentations for school and I was really bad at school. But every time I gave a presentation at school, like I would always get A's for that. Like, you know, the teachers would be like, wow, like that was a really great presentation on that book or on that topic or whatever. And it wasn't until like I started thinking back on it. I was like, you know, maybe it was was God doing something in that? And then as I became a follower, like did he redeem that now for his glory. You know, also as well, too, I used to give a lot of talks for my youth group, and I never really thought anything about it. I was just kind of like, you know, I'm just giving like an object lesson teaching. And one time a really godly woman just came up to me and says, like, I think you have the gift of preaching. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, so, so, we've, so we've had these moments, but I guess I've just been so gun shy about it because being in ministry, like, that's what everyone says. Every pastor is going to say, I have the gift of preaching. I've been called to be a communicator. Uh, <laughs> In my role, I deal with seminary students all the time. And every time I ask them, hey, what what is what has God called you to do, called you to? It's always the same stuff. God has called me to the preaching ministry. God has called me to be a teacher. And I'm like, well, how many messages have you given? Well, I've led a lot of Bible studies. Okay, uh, how many messages have you given? Well, I've given two two for class. And my professor said I was awesome. I was like, well, you know, like, 
you know, it's like, so like this, this part of me is like, it's like, uh, you can't really self-ordain yourself and stuff like this <laughs> and feel so confident about this. I feel like it's only after like you give like a hundred messages and you know what I mean? Like until you can really have a good feel for it. So I guess maybe that's part of the reason why like Trevor, thank you for saying that. But part of me too is just kind of like, I still feel like I'm so new to the whole thing. And you know, mm -hmm. maybe when I'm 70 years old, I, I can say, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I got that. I got that. So <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's the sober judgment piece from Romans 12. Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Kenson, thanks so much for joining us. This has been a great conversation. Thanks, no, Kenson. grateful to be with you guys. No, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of The Pastor's Cut. We hope you join us again next week as we wrap up Romans chapter 12.